Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. My name is George Mays, and here with me is Jay Jones, and we are back for Free For All Friday. We're back. It's been a couple of weeks. <clears throat> That's right. I've had people tell they've me that asking. they've missed it. Yep. They've been yep, popular. They've the been... Free For All Fridays are popular episodes. They've been missing us. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's see, we missed one for COVID. One for COVID, one for and, COVID one and one for, for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but travel. we are back. Today is Free For All Friday, and we've got several things that oh, we want this to talk is about. A, this one will be a doozy. This will be one of those that uh, Facebook, their little uh, bots listen to our our post, and then they uh, they shadow ban it. This <laughs> this one will be shadow shadow banned. For sure. We got some crazy stuff. It's going to increase in craziness as we go along, right? So we've got a... I may shadow ban it myself, depending on what you say over there, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You're going to have to show some restraint on this oh, one. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> We're going... Uh, we'll go... Yeah, seminary presidents, their uh, statements on mm-hmm. critical theory. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, we're going to increase in insanity. We'll go with the uh, female place kicker at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Ellen Page, who now says she's Elliot Page and is a man. So we're going to, we're, as this post goes on, we're just going to go down a uh, down and down winding path of nonsense. Right. Just like the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> it's free for all Friday time. <clears throat> yep. All right, well, how you doing, Jay? <clears throat> I'm doing a lot better. You doing all right? Uh, I was hearing you coughing over in your office. Man, yeah, the cough. You know, it's just it's going to be around for a while, I guess. I'm going to have to hit the mute button. Here comes one. I feel a cough coming on right now. Actually, yeah. you're going to need to uh, you're going to need to start drinking some hot tea it. like I've got over here. Yum. Yeah, I, you know, Monday I started coughing, and uh, it's the most I've ever coughed in my whole life in a 24 hour period. I was just at the end of the day, just asking for mercy. Yeah, like that, I can't take anymore. My whole diaphragm, <laughs> like my ribs are gonna break. I don't know what's yeah. going on. And then it was better, but which is good because started finally coughing some stuff up, you mm. know. Um, and it was good. Yesterday is really weird. Randomly out of nowhere, sitting on the couch, Angie's in the chair. I start coughing, and I coughed like an exhale cough without taking a breath. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I cough, 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 cough like 20 times in a row. And then finally when I breathed in, like I almost passed out. <laughs> oh, it was the God. weirdest thing ever. Yeah. It's like I it, I could not get a breath. It's, it's so strange. Wow. But, you know, um, on the uh, – I'm, I'm coming I'm, – I'm on the – what do we say? On the mend. Yeah. I'm improving every day. That's good. Yeah. So I've got type A blood. The jury is out, but I've read a few things that said it's harder for people with type A blood. Yeah. I don't know if that, that has to do with it or, or what. Had asthma when I was a kid. But did yeah, you did you see that the C D C is now uh recommending that the quarantine time be dropped down to Yeah, I did seven to ten days. Yeah. Right after you guys. Brooke would have appreciated that because yeah, I'm sure. she never got it. <laughs> yeah. And she's stuck for two weeks in the house. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time, man. Two week quarantine. If you don't have it, yeah, you're just sitting there for two weeks, right? And some, you know, it just depends on your employer. Obviously, the, they they have no the government has no means to make you quarantine. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't realize. You could <laughs> right. you tell the health department to go pound sand, yeah, and be like, what are you gonna do? Like, call me again? Scary. Um, but most most employers are doing it too. They're mm-hmm. like, hey. Don't come. Yeah. So it's all it's all up to your employer. Right. If you go to school, it's just you're, you're it's getting shut down. College, um, most colleges aren't even meeting in person. What a sad time. Yep. To go to college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> college is supposed to be fun. You know, yeah. hanging out, meeting friends. <clears throat> yeah, know, my uh, my friend, he was supposed to graduate from uh, from Southern uh, this month, and they canceled his graduation he was going to go out there and walk and canceled it huh canceled the graduation so gonna have to wait or are they gonna just give it to him they're just gonna give it to him yeah like yeah. my like my graduation mm-hmm. this past year what a sad yeah. graduation yeah 
Right. Well, speaking of seminaries, speaking of them, jump right in. Baptist Press article from November 30th. Headline is Seminary Presidents Reaffirm BFM. That's Baptist Faith and Message. Yeah. That's the that's the uh, statement of faith for the Southern Baptist right. Convention. Yeah. Uh, and they declare CRT incompatible. So critical race theory. Yeah, critical race theory. Yeah. So what the seminary presidents did that this is called what the the president's council, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. The seminary president's council. Um they meet like once a year. Yeah. With uh, uh, the president of the SBC, correct? I think so. So right, yeah. right. No, no, the uh, executive. Oh, it's called the Coun- yeah, it's called the Council of Seminary Presidents of the Southern Baptist Convention. So in recognition of the 20th anniversary of the adoption of the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, they reaffirmed with eagerness, that's in quotes, Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> BFNM status as the doctrinal statement that unites and defines Southern Baptist cooperation and establishes the confessional unity of our convention. And they also uh, condemned racism in any form, but also agreed that affirmation of critical race theory, intersectionality, and any version of critical theory is incompatible with the Baptist faith and message. Right. Which yep. we already knew that, right? Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> like we, we didn't need the seminary mm-hmm. presidents to say that. But what bothers me about this, and as soon as I read it, I, I don't want to be cynical. Mm. I think I've been hanging around you too long, though. I'm yeah. <laughs> just getting too cynical. <laughs> uh, you know, as soon as I as soon as I read this, I'm like, so what? Because we, they've got guys. They have people teaching. They've guys at, their at seminaries. It's. It is a 100% fact. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the others, but I know for a fact, Southeastern and Southern, Mm -hmm. anybody can find it. They have professors that teach this there. Uh, And the teachers, not only that that teach it, they subscribe to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, All you got to do is a quick Google or go to YouTube. You go to YouTube, you type in... uh, Southern Seminary, Critical Race Theory, and you will find the videos of the provost and two of the... Uh, I don't I don't know if Curtis Woods is still there. No, I don't think he's there anymore. He used to be a... Is Jarvis uh, still there? Yes. Okay. So uh, at least... so, But Curtis Woods was at Southern. Right. Um, he was on staff. So you'll, you'll see these three guys yeah. um, using all the... All the buzz language. Uh-huh. They're, they're teaching yes. critical race theory. Yeah. Now, there's some there's some whistleblower videos on YouTube also that you can yeah. you can watch. So you can go and watch um, a video from a trustee at Southern Seminary, and he's he's giving some um, behind the scenes uh, information conversations he's had with with Dr. Moeller. Yeah, and and what Dr. Moeller said is that there's no one teaching critical right. race theory. They're only teaching about it right right uh and this this trustee said this is the same language uh, this is the same kind of language and rhetoric that was being used at southeastern when he was there before the conservative resurgence when they were teaching um textual criticism higher higher criticism that was throwing casting doubt on the the authenticity and authority and inerrancy of the scripture they were not teaching it they were teaching about it jdp so for people that don't know uh, back then, the seminaries were teaching that the Old Testament was not written by the authors. So Moses didn't write the Torah, right? You have like four different authors, and none of them are Moses. Mm-hmm. Isaiah, may, a small tiny portion may have been written by him, but probably not, and there's a couple different authors for that. So, uh, And the Gospel of John surely was not written by John. It's written by this community they the called community. the Johannine community right. uh, several hundred years after the fact. <clears throat> so this is the type of garbage and liberalism that was being taught, um, but they, they use the same mm-hmm. excuse. They're like, oh, well, we're not teaching it, we're just teaching about it. Right. But really, all the teachers were liberals. Yeah, they were they, teaching it. And they all believed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad went to uh, Southern Baptist Seminary in uh, at, at the same time as that uh, okay. as that whistleblower, but he went to Midwestern, and he said flat out, my uh, my New Testament professor would tell us the miracles didn't actually happen. Mm. These aren't these miracles aren't real. They're just the way people talk about these amazing things Jesus did. Jesus' miracle wasn't he didn't feed the thousands. He just got people to share. Yeah, and the same <laughs> the same kind of the same kind of um, 
kind of trying to put out fires right um from the higher ups was going on then uh, yeah. that's going on now yeah. so they they were still trying to because the the average person in the pew in a southern baptist church believed in the inerrancy of scripture oh yeah like 95 percent. it was more. coming but the liberalism was coming out of the seminaries they were training pastors and then the pastors were going and and pastoring these churches that's and right then then it that's how it was <clears throat> that's how it was spreading um but they were the the higher ups were trying to make it seem like oh you know everything's fine we're not teaching yes. we're not teaching and we're teaching about it keep and, giving your money to us right um, it's the same stuff that's going on now um, you know when when resolution nine came out a couple of years ago no one in the pews knew what was nobody the, knew what that meant it was being ramrodded through in the convention with this resolution no. they tried to they tried to just lump it in with a bunch of yeah. other resolutions it it finally had to be separated. But people were voting for this resolution. They had no idea what critical race theory the was. People, they didn't know how it was a, an analytical tool. The messengers that go to the SBC, they're going to affirm all of those resolutions because they trust the committee right. on resolutions, right? Mm -hmm. And they took advantage. Really, they did. They, they, they put a resolution, critical race theory, intersectionality, the regular Joe people, not even the regular Joe, I mean, educated pastors. Right. Hat didn't know. Like, remember, yeah. I had that conversation. Oh, yeah. Local pastor here at a yeah, yeah. large church in our town. Mm -hmm. He has a doctorate degree. Uh, he may have two. I can't remember. He's educated. He's he's young. He's up with what's going on in the world. And uh, I remember having lunch with him after the fact. He's like, uh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And that's how everybody right. that was there were like and these, you, and, and they just voted on. Yeah. It. And these resolutions, they're not made known until you get there. Yeah. Like you, you've got you got like a day to to look over these, mm -hmm. and with something like critical race theory, you, you need some time to to research it and understand it. Now, now, hopefully, more pastors have educated themselves. Um, you know, you've had you've had founders that has released their their documentary on it. Um, there's been article after article written about it. Hopefully, by now, people right. are understanding what critical race theory is and intersectionality, and they're understanding how it is. It is incompatible with the Baptist faith and message. We would completely agree, but they need to be aware. You're going to have people. You're going to have if you follow Baptist Press or you follow any of the seminaries or any of the seminary professors or or presidents. They're going to be um, cheering this on. Right. Oh, look the 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 six seminary presidents they've gotten together and they've said it's incompatible. Sure. Um, that, great. But what, what is actually going on at the seminaries? Are they speaking exactly. out of both sides of their mouth? So you need to be careful. You're going to want to jump on this and say, um, yeah, this is great, but you need to have a healthy dose of skepticism because there are firsthand accounts from people that say this stuff is being taught at these seminaries. Yeah, you need to listen to the uh, trustee. Mm -hmm. That was a very um, troubling. I yeah. mean, the things he's talking about, uh, Doctor Moeller. I mean, he appears honestly to be a compromised man. Yeah. Uh, to be two faced. Yeah. Just flat out two faced. Um, I I began to notice, you know, like hey, like probably a lot of people when he was questioned at um, Shepherd's Conference. In front of a lot of people, he just threw his hands up in the air. It's like he he got caught because right. what they're trying to do is say, "Hey, you say uh, on you know on your briefing that you're against critical theory, but uh, <laughs> what you do." And he kept saying, "Well, look who I platform. Look who I platform." Well, the problem is, you people are looking at who you platform. They're looking at your teachers. They're looking at your provost. Right. And it looks like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah. Um, and he got caught, and the relationship with between him, I think, and uh, John MacArthur ended like that that weekend. It it seems like that. Yeah. Um, this, uh, it was it was uh, Russell Fuller, the Hebrew professor <clears throat> that was yeah. fired um, several months ago. He said that Mueller went on a rant against John MacArthur yeah. because of the the statement on social justice. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff going on, and you need to be aware of it. Um, you can go online, and you can find uh, Southern Southern Seminary uh, trustee. Find his video; it's about thirty minutes long. Yeah, um, 
This you guy's go, not you a, go to, uh, and this guy isn't a kook, man. This is no, a, no. This guy no, was a uh, officer in the navy. Mm-hmm. Gets out of the navy, yeah. uh, goes to seminary, then goes back in the navy as a chaplain. Mm-hmm. Serves yeah, like thirty years. He's a pastor. He's an evangelist. He's a past, he's, now he's a pastor and evangelist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, a mentally stable, intelligent person. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's um, not a kook. You can go on to uh, conversations that matter um, with John Harris. Uh, he's he has a uh, he's had a conversation with this trustee and Russell Fuller and another whistleblower, a student from Southwestern, and they talk a little bit more about some of this stuff. So it's really easy, and you want to believe what these guys are saying. But you do need to have some skepticism, and I'm I'm always reminded of Proverbs eighteen seventeen that says the one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta, you well, can't just you can't just believe everything that's being put out there because yeah. as much as I hate to say it, um, Baptist Press, it's propaganda for yeah. the SBC. Yeah, it is. Um, so you, you just have to be careful. With, and a lot of times these guys are above examination. Mm-hmm. No one can examine them. Yeah. That's why the trustees video I think is very good because he's a trustee. Right. He had access and he was able to question. Yeah. Yeah. One of his comments was pretty troubling. He said something to the effect of you get this kind of vi- like vibe from the uh seminary mm-hmm. uh that we the intellectuals right. know what's right. Yeah. We know what's right and what's good. You just need to trust us. Yeah. Um, right. A couple of weeks ago, Baptist Press again, they were, they had a an interview with Dr. Mueller, and Dr. Mueller was essentially telling Southern Baptists we need to get off of Twitter and get in the same room because when we get in the same room together, we always come to the, the right decision. Right. I guess completely forgetting Resolution 9 and when all of a sudden Baptists were in the same room. But this trustee, he said, I've, I've been in the same room, and it doesn't it doesn't help uh-huh. um, because you've got these guys. And and he he said some pretty damning things about Dr. Mueller, uh-huh. um, things like Mueller is a smart guy, and he knows if he can get you in the room that he probably can convince you that his position is the right one. Uh-huh. Like that's... It's a sad. It's 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 sad seeing someone like Dr. Mueller being talked about like this, and uh, I, I hope that he will be a little bit more transparent uh-huh. in the future. But so anyway, I just bring up this article because Southern Baptists need to have some skepticism. Like they they need to understand how these things work and and that there has been similar instances in its history uh-huh. where the the academia has said one thing and done another. Yeah. And we need to be aware of it. Uh-huh. The way the SBC is going now, it kind of reminds me of like a, a heavy, bloated federal government that no longer represents the people. Yeah. And we can get into that in another episode talking about um, NAM. I think that's a perfect example of that. Oh yeah, but we about, we got to move on. Lots of stuff going on. We in got the some SBC other right crazier now. stuff to get to. <laughs> yeah, right. In particular, George, um, the kicker at Vanderbilt. You've heard of this story? Yep, Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller, the trailblazer. She's like Wonder Woman. That's the way of these new news articles. I am expecting her to next time she plays to pull out a lasso. And fly <laughs> through the air and knee drop the guy that fields her kick. So, give give a little bit of background <clears throat> before we jump into all the uh, the specifics. Okay, like what are we talking about? All right. So this uh, Sarah Fuller, uh, she's a woman. I mean, I think she's like you know a senior. So she's done playing soccer. She played her last soccer game. So she's a grown woman. I don't know how old she is. What like twenty one, twenty two. Um, she becomes the first woman in history to play in a college football game and a Power Five college football game. She played for Vanderbilt against Missouri, and it was—I uh, mean, it was major news this past weekend. And the people have been talking about it all week because she's such a great hero, a trailblazer. Um, she's broken the glass ceiling um, for football. That's the story. There it is. 
So the way that, the way this story uh, is, and she's been talked about, you would think this uh, this lady she climbed and clawed her way from the bottom of you know the dregs of high school football, earned a spot on a Division One football team. She was practiced na- for four <laughs> years. Gr- she was grinding it out. Finally made the starting lineup and did it. Yeah, she was named the SEC Player of the Week. Yeah, but here here's reality. Um, the all of the team's uh, place kickers got put on COVID protocol, so they had nobody. And so they uh, grab a soccer player, uh, this lady, she's a, I guess she's a goalkeeper, and they have her do it. But she had only been practicing with the team from Tuesday yeah, of, so she, of last week. But she practiced like three times. Um, and kickers, when they practice, they just kick balls, you know, mm-hmm. they don't right. do anything else. But so she's there for three days. She plays. Now the big moment came um, on kickoff of the second half. So I guess they they received Vanderbilt received to start the first half, and the team did so terrible they never got down the field far enough to kick a field goal. So the place kicker never got to go. Punter just kept punting. So they. They get a free kick to start the second half. They have to kick off to their team. So that was her opportunity to shine, and she came in. And she kicks the ball. She runs at the ball. She kicks the ball. Now, it's debatable as to whether she actually had a a legit – I mean, like it was a good kick or not. Some people are saying this kick is total trash because it looks garbage, right? If you don't know football, it looks like like she totally messed up. And And that's still a possibility, by the way. She kicks the ball maybe 30 yards to the right. Um, but there is a play called a squib kick where you would do that on purpose. It's give, pretty much you're giving the other team the ball at the <clears> 35 <throat> or 40 yard line, guaranteed to tackle them. Uh, they're not going to run the ball. Sometimes you do that when you don't want to kick the ball to like a super stud in the back, you know, the very the far back of the field because he may he's a threat to run the ball back much further than 35 yards. So they'll, they'll do a squib kick, take the ball out of their hands. But They've called it a squib kick, but I'm not so sure it's not just a reaction to her messing up the kick. Yeah. Because they're down. I mean, they're getting smoked right. at this point in halftime. The game's pretty much over. They have to play the second half. They haven't scored at all. <clears throat> and so it's not a great time maybe to do a squib kick. But whatever. That's beside the point. Whether she did it well or she didn't do well. That's the story. She's held as a hero through the media, a trailblazer. So, we should, we should talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you had to explain the squib squib kick to me because I I'd never yeah. heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, and to give her credit, I mean, she's a soccer player. She can kick the ball. Like she's she's not. It's not like she can't kick a ball, right? So yeah, she can kick a ball. Yeah. Um, but lots of things, lots of things to talk about. Let, let's let's just talk. You want to hear the, the clip the fir- of her? Well, the first thing I've got, yeah, I've got the clip of her, the okay, interview. Okay, where she's okay. Let's hear. Let's hear the interview. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Sarah, you made history today. The first female to ever play in a Power Five football game. What emotions are you feeling now that you've reached such a milestone? Honestly, it's just so exciting. And the fact that I can represent like the little girls out there who wanted to do this or, you know, thought about playing football or any sport, really. And it encourages them to be able to step out and do something big like this. So it's awesome. We were all patiently awaiting the entire first half, hoping we'd get to see you take the field. But you come out after halftime, you take the field for the kickoff. What was your mentality in that moment? Honestly, I was just really calm. Uh, The SEC championship was more stressful, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. Um, But I I was really excited to step out on the field and do my thing, so. Throughout this week, as the story has gained prominence and taken to the headlines, I know you felt a sense of responsibility to use this platform for something bigger than yourself. What message do you hope was conveyed by your involvement today? I mean, I just want to tell like all the girls out there that you can do anything you set your mind to. Like you really can. And if you have that mentality all the way through, like you can do big things. So, <laughs> well, Sarah, you paved a new. 
Okay. Uh, All right. So that's this, that's where I wanted to go with this, okay. Jay. <laughs> All right. This is a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the tweet from Fox College Football where it said her story made. Okay. All right. Um, Again, can I just remind everybody, she did not make the team legitimately. Right. She did not earn a spot on the team the way everybody else earns a spot. She's not, she's not even a walk-on. She's not scholarship. She's not a walk-on. She only got in here because all of the kickers had COVID. And I'll say, not only that, uh, it's, I think it's a stunt because they had their punter. Their punter could kick the ball, right? So uh, whatever. I don't want to take, take away what you're going to say, but just a reminder. Yeah. Like she's talking about it. The interviewer's talking about it like she made the team legitimately. I just yeah. want to say, no, you, she didn't. Right. So I want to be careful. <laughs> I frame this okay <laughs> because um, this is not to denigrate female athletes. I mean, your your <clears throat> daughter is an athlete. Yeah, I've watched videos of her playing softball, and she's a beast. Yeah, <laughs> like she she is very good. Yeah, my daughter is a phenomenal athlete. Not only is she great at she could play. My daughter next year could play high school baseball as a ninth grader. She won't. I'm I'm not going to allow her to. She'll play softball. She can long jump 14 feet as a 13-year-old girl. Like, that's a long ways. So, yes, you're right. And, and I'm, I don't even want to denigrate Sarah Fuller as an athlete. Um, she's been playing soccer. We can have our, <laughs> we can have our, uh, our she, thoughts about soccer. And I but, think she's a great soccer player. They played yeah. in the uh, championship, SEC championship. Yeah, I saw a video of her <clears throat> kicking the ball. Like, she can kick the ball. She so yeah. so this isn't this isn't anything against her as an athlete. Right. But I do want to ask I want to I want to piggyback off the what she said in that interview that she wants little girls to know that they can do anything that they set their minds to. Right. What do you think about that, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> and, right. I mean, this is this is this is tying into yeah. the, the craziness of intersectionality. And, it is and identity uh, politics. W- women yeah. women are being oppressed, and so we're trying to lift them up so that they can do anything that men can do. Yeah, and I would say this: we want to we want to uh, we want to to look at this from a biblical perspective. I think. Women, they're made in the image of God. Not only can they do anything a man can do in some senses, some things they can do better than men can do. That's so the beautiful thing about being a woman, right? My wife can do things I cannot do, and that's good. Um, when it comes to an intellectual, the intellectual realm, women can do everything a man can do, right? They can become great mathematicians. Uh, they can they can become uh, scientists. Anything that we use our minds, women are are equal with men. I believe they pro- they may process information differently, and that's good too. You know, we we all have different ways of processing information. So I would affirm that. What I don't affirm, <clears throat> and it, I think it's pure insanity, is to tell little girls that you can do anything you set your minds to in the same capacity that a man can do it, because you can't do it. Like, you can't do it. You cannot physically do what men can do. It and, is not possible. And, and there's evidence just in this instance that the world knows that. Uh-huh. There's a reason why she is in the position of a kicker right, and not in the position of a linebacker. <laughs> right. Or a running yeah. back. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. You just, it's delusional. It's not even good to tell a girl this. No. I mean, it would uh, be abusive to put a woman on the, the line of scrimmage across from a 300 pound male linebacker. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say this. I mean, she looks like she's fit, but she couldn't play in a high school football game against uh, other, like, fully developed uh Men, I mean, they're young men, but they're still men on a football field. You, you can't physically do it. It's impossible. Um, and so I, I, it's it's foolish to say to a girl, like, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Uh, I don't even tell my, my son that. Mm. Right. You can't do anything <laughs> that right. you put your mind to. Right. 
there are many things beyond your capability. Yeah. You need to have the discernment and wisdom to be able to see your own limitations yeah. and to embrace them, to learn from them, and to seek to become successful in you know, the limitations and capacities that God's given you. Yeah, this this whole idea that you can do anything that you set your mind to, it's it's the pride of the Tower of Babel. Uh-huh. Like we can reach up to the heavens. Um it's thinking more highly of ourselves than we than we ought to. Yeah. And it's a denial of the providence and sovereignty of God where he's placed you in a, a particular play a, a position. Yeah. Right? And and that that all the the root of that is he's made you a man or he's made you a woman. Yeah. Like you can't change that. Uh-huh. God has placed you in that that gender. You're right. And it's good. Yeah. So there's no there's no room to complain. Uh, I wish that I was a man, or I wish I was a woman. Yeah. Um, as if I can do everything. I, I want to do everything that this other sex can do. Right. There's another part of the story too that we'll get to in a second. You have the locker room stuff. You can talk about that. But <clears throat> look at it from this angle. I don't think she's able to discern how she's being used. Right. <clears throat> Like I said, she she did not obtain this opportunity opportunity legitimately. Mm-hmm. Okay, they have other people that can kick and do this. Uh, everybody's down with COVID. It was uh, it's a political stunt. She's being used for um, attention, for media attention, for the school. Probably she's being used by the coach uh, in hopes that he wouldn't get fired. And it didn't work. He still actually got fired because they're zero and eight. They're terrible. They're a terrible team. Um, and so uh, that's the other sad part about this is they're using her. I think they're using her. Yeah, I think it's without a doubt this is publicity stunt. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because she gave the halftime speech in the locker room. <laughs> right. So here's <coughs> here's a uh, here's a woman who has only been practicing with the team for less than a week. Right. She's had one play. She hasn't even played yet. Oh, she yet. hasn't even played yet. That's right. She, she hasn't, hasn't even been she on the field She hasn't even yet. played yet. Yep, that was, that was after this. Yeah. yeah, she hasn't even played yet. Yeah. And she's the one giving the halftime pep talk <laughs> right. to all these guys in yeah. the locker room. That is fishy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time fishy. Um can you imagine working your whole life? Like I know how hard uh, like Drake works because he wants he wants to play uh, college baseball. But just imagine it were football, and you've worked for you know the past eight years. You've you've beaten out ninety nine percent of other men mm-hmm. on the planet just to play college athletics. Yeah, and then someone who didn't even make the team isn't a scholarship athlete, isn't even a walk-on, just shows up and gets, gets, starts to lecture you. She's lecturing them on not cheering. <laughs> right. Like that's the, <laughs> so that's the whole, that was the gist of her, yeah. her speech is that she was chastising them for not cheering <laughs> right. when the team did something <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, and uh, how they need to be cheering. Uh-huh. And she, said we need to be supporting one another if we get a first down if an interception happens it's our fault we need to be lifting each other up that's what a team's about uh yeah i can only imagine what the guys sitting there having to listen to this were thinking and then and then the the cherry on top (laughs) is when she was being interviewed about it she said that after the the speech, she said she had coaches come up to me and say, I've been wanting to say that for a while. Now. I don't be- I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. What coach ever wants to say something and doesn't say it? Get re- that there's no way. There is no way. Are you saying this is a fairy tale? I'm saying this whole thing is rigged. Yeah. Like this is a show. The uh some propaganda there's like some secret ministry of propaganda out there that has set this entire thing up. Uh, I was reading a story that said that they wouldn't the whoever the author was I can't even remember who the author was said that they wouldn't be surprised if uh, 
if ESPN had cameras set up. Oh, no kidding. For this halftime speech. No kidding. It hasn't hadn't shown up yet. Uh, who knows? Yeah, uh, it's all it, to me. It's it's all it's all a uh, it's all a stunt. There yeah. have been a few people. Everybody else. I mean, most people are scared to say anything about that. There are a very very few select sports commentators that have uh, called question to it. But mm-hmm. you know, they're going to get roasted. Oh yeah, they're going to get uh, attacked on Twitter. Now, he, because of intersectionality, uh, of course. But my whole thing is like, look, how can you not see? She's being used. Well, that's the, she didn't even make it legitimately. That's they're the, trying to. That's what they're trying to sell to you. Yeah, she did not make it legitimately. That's the irony of of critical theory and intersectionality and feminism. Like it all, you you take it and you run with it, and you you end up abusing women. Yeah, like the 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 modern feminist movement. It doesn't lift women up; it abuses them. It turns them into men, and the the good design that God had for us is that we are different. Mm-hmm. Men can't do everything women can do. Women can't do everything men can do, and that is part of God's good design because we're not meant to be standalones. We're meant to complement each other. Yeah. Yeah, women are meant to be the helper for men. Mm-hmm. Men can't do what they're supposed to do without women. Yeah, um, and so to to make a woman into a man is to deprive a woman of her womanhood, mm-hmm. and it's also de- to deprive men of the helper. Yeah, it's it's destructive. Mm-hmm. Completely destructive. As soon as we we jettison the biblical teaching on the the roles and positions of men and women in this world, um we just are inviting destruction. That's right. And the, that's what we see. We we have a culture that's turning women into men and by extension turning men into women. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what a mess. Um <clears throat> Nothing to be celebrated here. No, uh, and it's not because there's a woman uh, playing football, kicking. You know, it's, it's just not. Um, but there's even. <clears throat> I just hope that if she keeps getting put on the field, that there's no mishap where she gets run over. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what scenario it could take place, uh, but maybe. If uh, she kicks the ball off and nobody tackles the runner, um, she's the last one left to try to tackle him, and then she gets smoked. That's a possibility. Probably what would happen, though, is she'd shoestring tackle him. She, like, she'd run over and like barely trip him by their toes, and they'd fall over, and that would be she'd become the most glorious woman ever to face a grace planet Earth, a hero. <laughs> yeah. There would be statues erected in her honor. People would bring flowers and spread them about the base of her statue, seeing praises and honor to her name for making a shoestring tackle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, George, you know I'm right. You were starting to wax eloquent there for a little bit. (laughs) I thought you were going to compose a poem over there. Well, we could compose a poem to her. Maybe we'll bring it on next time. <laughs> I'll leave um, that to you. This is how legends are made, George. Yeah. She's she's Diana. Let's just call her Diana. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Diana Fuller. All right. Well, we so got speaking, we got something so even speaking, crazier. So speaking of women wanting to be <laughs> to be like men. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the one that's going to get a shadow banned. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. We've got a, um, what was her name? Ellen? Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Okay. Um, she, tell, us, I, tell us who she is. Some people so may I, not even know who she is. I first I first saw her. I, this may be her first ro- role in, in Juno. Did you ever see Juno before? I don't know. What's it about? About a teenage girl that gets pregnant. No. Uh, well. Um, she was nominated, I think, for Best Actress 
okay. for her role in, in Juno. Uh, she was Kitty Pride in the X Men movies. Uh, uh, go I can the, see it go now. Through, go through the walls. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, she is now she's uh, co starring in the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Okay. Which is a superhero show. All right. Um, she's been in. I'm I'm sure I could look up some other stuff that she's been in, but those are the three that. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Okay. Actress. Well, yeah. She's so, an actress. White female, and she was uh, a lesbian, correct? Yes. Yep. Ma- married. Wasn't she? Was She's married. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, to according to the, according, Emma, Emma Portner. According to the world standards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Okay. So something happened. Uh, what happened, George? Uh, she came out a couple of days ago and said that she is transgender. Okay. She had a uh, a long post that she made announcing announcing this. Yeah. On Instagram. Uh, yeah, I saw that long post. Yeah. So now she wants to be called Elliot. Elliot Page. Yeah. Elliot Page. Well, uh, so now she's a white man. Is that right? That is, that is correct. And we're gonna see how, we're gonna see if uh, if there's any kind of intersectional consistency in Hollywood. My guess is there will not be. <laughs> I, I saw a, I saw a tweet yesterday that I really enjoyed. Okay, it was announcing this. It it was uh, the article, and. Uh, says, I am so proud of Elliot Page for transitioning and becoming a beacon of hope for humanity. That said, now that Page is a straight man, he is officially an oppressor and deserves nothing but our contempt. Hashtag cancel Elliot Page. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, welcome to uh, welcome to the oppressors. Yeah, welcome to the patriarchy. Yeah, right? she's, she's part she's of the a, patriarchy. Now, now if, if she wants to be a man... And she's married to a woman. She would be a straight white man. She's a straight white man now. So she's just in the oppressive class. Yeah. So uh, that raises all kinds of questions, right? It does. Like where where do where do the intersections mm-hmm. hit? Because transgender that that's an oppressive. That's a, a an oppressed. Yeah. Class. That's the most oppressed. Most intersections. But as but as. As a, a straight white man, you're also in nothing but the oppressed. It's like the oppressor category. It's, it's like balancing an al- algebraic equation. Yeah. <clears throat> and now, yeah, now she's lost all intersections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, we all really know what's going on. All right. right? <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. I'm not going to be calling. Yeah. Her Elliot. <laughs> she she will get so much publicity. Oh, yeah. She will make so much money from mm-hmm. this. It is, uh, I mean, it, it's for her, it's the greatest career move she could have ever come up with. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so this is, um, what's weird is in her announcement, she, she announced that she was transgender and queer. Yeah. And I don't know how that's. I don't even know how that works. Like, are you are you a man married to a woman, or are you I a think, woman married well, to another woman? Well, I don't think that they use the word queer anymore in the LGBT community how they used to, which okay. just meant that you were homosexual. I think it just means now like odd. So it's going back to what queer actually I think means. So. I think it means odd or not not part Strange. of the range. Yes, not of the part of the normative. Hey, I can get on board with that definition. I think that's what it. What, that's how what she's I mean. That's it. what the that's what the word meant right. before the the Ministry of Truth got a hold of it. And, yeah, that's right, and changed it. So what you know, what I was thinking, and what I had even joked around to you about is, um, I thought I thought you were married to a lesbian, <laughs> right? What happens now? Well, somebody tried to ask him that question. Yeah, you dir- a, you directed me to this. Uh, this yeah. article, uh-huh. and I never thought I would go on pinknews.com, <laughs> which is uh, like the news source for the homosexual community, apparently. Right. But 
you directed me towards this. Yeah. So yeah, there was a Twitter user that commented and said, but now you know you have a husband. I hope you are not a lesbian. <laughs> right, right, right. And so he, trying to ask, he was in, this person's engaging with her uh, her lesbian partner. Oh, it was on Instagram, excuse me. On Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, like, kind of the question is, if you're a lesbian, like, how are you still married? Because now you're she's a man. Right. So you're attracted to men now? <laughs> right. How does this work? Yeah. And her response was something like, it's none of your business. Yeah. I hope you know my sexual preferences and gender identity are none of your business. <laughs> like what? <laughs> right. <laughs> after after this long Instagram post. And publicity. Yeah. Everywhere. It's you've made it everyone's business. Yeah, you've in the made world. it everyone's business. Right. You you posted <clears throat> it all over social media and now it's none of your business because someone is questioning. Right. Someone how, is how, questioning what, what is even going on. The absurdity of your worldview. Yeah. And a very clear, and I mean, it, it's such a contradiction, okay? Here's the contradiction. Spouse says, said, I'm a lesbian. I'm attracted to women. Now the partner says, I'm not a woman. I'm a man. Everyone in, a, in the world has to now dress this person as a man. Yeah. In every way, they're a man, right? Um, <clears throat> so what happens to this your former partner who is a lesbian. Yeah. Oh, well, it appears that she's also attracted to white men. Yeah. All right. Because so, it's all fluid, right? And that's what she says. Uh-huh. She says uh, something like, my sexuality is very fluid. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> and that gets... I'm as fluid as can be. I'm as fluid as can be. Yep. Okay. And this is what I was thinking about as I was contemplating these matters. For the longest time, we have been told that those of the homosexual community are slaves to their biology. Correct? Just born, born that way. Born this way. Now, that's not true. We know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been several scientific studies uh, that have been done. Most notably, there was a massive twin study done in Australia. I should have grabbed the book so I could... Um, could I, so I could cite it uh, and tell you exactly where you could go to read about it. Maybe I'll bring that in sometime. But uh, nevertheless, this was done. This study was done, and it was repeated in Switzerland, I believe. So it's done in two different countries. Here's how the study goes. They, they take the, the National Registry, Adoption Registry. They find all twins. So they have these twins who were separated at birth and adopted to different families. And they studied thousands of them. And what they wanted to find was if one twin was homosexual, if you were born this way, the other twin would also be what, George? You'd think that they would be identical. Yes. And what they found was that was not the case in most, in the majority of the cases, yeah. which then proves it's, a, it's scientific. Yeah. If we're to believe the science, the science shows... That your sexuality, there is a social component to it, okay? So people becoming homosexual or people becoming transgendered, uh, there's a social component involved. And I think this lady admits it, right? She says, I'm very fluid, mm-hmm. okay? Right. What, what this just means, it's just finally now, People are, I think, finally getting to the point where they are being honest. What's fluid is uh, sin. Right. Sin is fluid. The way that sin flows is always into the greatest um, suppression of the truth of who God is and the greatest elevation of the self. And you can take that across any spectrum of sin. It just happens to manifest itself uh, often in sexual matters, right? But now, even beyond sexual matters, we're talking about defining reality itself. That's what the transgender <clears throat> movement is about. The transgender movement is—it um, <clears throat> is the movement of Babel. I mean, that we'll talk about—you know—we've talked about before. There are two two cities in 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 the Bible. You go all the way back to Babel, the Tower of Babel. That's the city of man. This is Augustine's city of God, right? And the city of man—it's man elevating man. It's uh, oneself, and 
promoting, they want to determine their own morality, their own future, their own destiny, uh, apart from what God says. So they're in rebellion. Well, you know the story, God scatters them off the face of the earth. But everywhere man goes, they re, they rebuild Babel, or Babylon. Right. And this thread runs all the way to the very end of the Bible. There's this the city of man, Babylon the Great. And finally, God destroys Babylon the Great and brings in the city of God. <clears throat> so what you have now in the transgender movement is a very clear manifestation that sin is fluid. The fluidity of sin is always toward man becoming self-determinative. And so you see this clearly where you could be born a female, and you could be reminded that you're a female every single month, right? You have a period every month reminding you that you are a female. But you say, um, because you've suppressed God so far, you may not even know you're doing it consciously, uh, you say, I self-determine that I am a man, and therefore I am a man, right? And that's, that's what's at the heart of all of this. I have no doubt that her sexuality is fluid. I don't deny that for a second. This is how you can see men going to prison and becoming homosexuals tempor- right. temporarily. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm not really homosexual. Oh, <laughs> right. Only was while I was in jail. Okay. Um, sin's fluid. And I, and I think, apart from the grace of God, um, any person is capable of the most grotesque sin yeah. imaginable. I think every person is is capable of this wide spectrum of rebellion against God. Um, and I think that's what we need to see as Christians when we see what's going on in the world, is we're just watching the world do what the world has always done. Um, and it's not like this is a, a new expression. right? There, God, God has laws in the Old Testament where he... Um, where he speaks directly against what we would call trans, trans, uh, transvestites, mm-hmm. men trying to place themselves off into the world as a woman, right. dressing as a woman, maybe putting makeup on, passing oneself off as a different sex. This stuff is, goes back ancient. It's ancient because there's nothing more. What, what more fundamental rebellion is there when God says, I made them male and female, and it's very good? And then, right. and, then, and then we turn around and we go, huh, hold up, uh, there are infinite number of genders, yeah. and I choose my own, right? <laughs> it's just a, another form of, of the rebellion that happened in the garden mm-hmm. manifesting itself. Yep, taking, taking God's good design, good creation, and just destroying it. Right, yeah. But God won't be mocked. That's right. Um, they can seek out their own pleasure and try to determine their own fate, but they will face the judgment of God Uh for this. There have been many who have even undergone reassignment surgery Mm -hmm. uh, today. Now, of course, Facebook and Twitter suppress these stories on purpose. So does Google. They suppress what you're able to find, the information you're able to find, but they're out there. And... um, they many of them have have tried to come back that so they undergo I, I guess they would undergo another operation I don't know how they do it I don't know. but they say you know why why did everybody just go along with this I was mentally ill like my mind wasn't matching my body um, and people just went along with it and they they said like it doesn't make things better it doesn't it you know, that's what everybody says, oh, we got to go along with this. Their safety is at, you know, they're at high risk of suicide. Well, they're not at any any less risk of suicide if, if everybody goes along with it. Everybody else just participates in the delusion. It doesn't make them any happier. Yeah, they're, they're trying to cover up what's really wrong. Mm. And what's really wrong is that they are in rebellion against their creator, and they're trying to find meaning and purpose in sex uh-huh. or in their gender and in in who they are and and their emotions um or the acceptance of other people uh-huh. like they're they're chasing they're chasing purpose and meaning but they're they're not finding it because they're looking for it in all the wrong places and their only hope for 
a homosexual or transgender or whatever you want to call yourself is the gospel. That's right. And that's the good news is that there is hope even for the most sexually perverse person. God, God's spirit is powerful enough to cause even someone like Ellen Page to um, be born again. Yeah, and many have. Mm-hmm. Many have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't... Where we go from here, uh, I think, is pretty clear. The, uh, the world will continue to go this way until what they want is not... They don't want tolerance. What they want is participation. They want you to approve of it, to lend hearty approval to it, mm-hmm. and to be for it. Yeah. Yeah, they want you to celebrate it. And uh, we simply can't. <laughs> we simply can't. We can't. We can't. Uh, we can't bend the knee to this stuff. We have to stand, stand firm, be true to what the scriptures tell us, and know that um, we live in God's world. That's right. You, you can try to suppress it, but you can't escape it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think hopefully in the story you've seen kind of the absurdity. We want to show the absurdity without being mean about it, but it is very apparent uh, what happens with uh, Ellen Page, now Elliot Page, with her partner, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a lesbian. You know, we're born this way. Who are you to say anything against me? Oh, but actually, it's fluid. Yeah. So— and. now I can change it, and right. I'm actually attracted to men. Right. And um, what they're doing and what they're assuming that their critics are doing is just saying the stuff based on preference. Right. Like they're, they're assuming that their critics are just, they just have a, a different preference and they're bigots. Mm-hmm. But we're not saying that this is wrong because we think it's wrong. Right. We're simply affirming what God has already said in his word. Right. Like he's he's the authority. God has spoken. He's his word is the standard and we have to obey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We um again it just gets down to who wants to de- who gets to define reality and if you just simply ask that question um you will be hated for just affirming that we don't define our reality. We believe God defines our reality. So the, the fundamental issue is who gets to be God. It always goes back to that. And even you could even say that to someone you're having this conversation with. <clears throat> you are trying to be God. You can't be. You're not God. We are meant to live with a Lord and Master in His world. Uh, and when we don't, we, we self-destruct and we destroy those around us. We destroy everything around us. Sin's destructive. We destroy relationships, people, institutions, the environment, everything. Yep. It kind of reminds me of uh, this dog that I have. Is it wrong of me to compare humans to a dog? Uh, it depends how you do it, I Well, suppose. here's how I'll do it. So I got this dog. She's high-powered guard dog. <clears throat> Connie Corso. They cannot live uh, without having a master, right? You know, we bred dogs, humans bred dogs mm-hmm. to have their traits. Right. Well, this dog breed has to have assertive people in its life. It cannot be in charge. It wants to be in charge because it has a dominant personality. So it wants to be in charge, but deep down inside, it can't be in charge. It needs to thrive and to live. It has to have a, a master, and then when it does have a master, it really thrives for what it's made to do. But when it doesn't, it uh, becomes dangerous. It can become a dangerous animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only destroy things around it, but self-destructive. And that's, that's exactly who we are. We're designed to live under the lordship of Christ. And when we buck against that, um, we're dangerous to ourselves. I don't know if that was a good illustration, George. I hope it was. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it just was. Just run with it. <laughs> just run with it. But, I mean, it, I think it should be apparent and obvious. 
We're not good at running the world. We're terrible at it. Yeah. We are terrible at running the world. So, <clears throat> free for all Friday, George. What a doozy. I'm spun out. Are you? We're at an hour. What do you say we shut this thing down? Yeah, sounds good. Take us home, George. I think we've uh, I think we've mined this for all we're going to get. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Hopefully this has been beneficial for you as we have looked at some uh, events that are going on in our world. And um, we're trying to expose the ridiculous nature of rebellion and sin against God while also pointing to God's ultimate standard and the hope that is found in the gospel. So hopefully this has been beneficial. If it has, be sure to like, share, uh, comment. And uh, as always, our focus and our hope is that this will help you to become more and more conformed to Christ.